Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you're interested in the best combat sports podcast out there, you come to the right place and stay tuned because it's only going to get better from here. And make sure you share Zendependently Minded with all your friends, best friends, brothers, sisters, neighbors, uh, cousins, cat. Just be a good person, share Zendependently Minded with them so they can get on board of the independently minded train. So it's been a few weeks since I did a podcast again. Uh, I've just been kind of slacking on the podcast, but uh, there's been a lot of news that have come out uh, that's UFC related recently. So we have a lot to talk about today. I have a lot to talk about today. You guys aren't going to be talking, but um, today I'm just going to be covering UFC 252. I'm just going to kind of analyze and talk about uh, basically the whole main card, mostly. Um, uh, I'm going to talk about the three main fights on the main card. Um, I'm going to make kind of like a prediction a little bit. Uh, Chael Sonnen makes me kind of not want to do predictions. Um, I don't know if you guys who listen here listen to Chael. You probably do. Uh, if you're listening to my obscure, small MMA podcast, you probably listen to the second biggest MMA podcast out there. So anyways, Chael Sonnen said that uh, when guys make UFC predictions... They're actually just talking, they're picking who, all you, all you find out from the person who makes the prediction is who their favorite fighter is of the, of the two guys. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that's true because I mean, I like Dustin Poirier more than Khabib, but I picked Khabib to beat him, but Chael is definitely right. I think for the majority there, but uh, another thing I'm going to talk about later on is the fact that. Tyron Woodley and Colby Covington have officially agreed to fight, uh, verbally agreed. They haven't signed, so you know how it is with those verbal agreements, especially with the welterweight division, including those two guys. But So those are the topics I'm going to cover uh, this week, and then next week I'm definitely going to talk about, uh, I'm definitely going to be talking about UFC 253, which is Paulo Costa and Israel Adesanya, and then... I have a few other things to talk about. A big thing that I just saw for news that was made was Calvin Cater and Max Holloway are going to fight at UFC Fight Night 177. They're going to be the main event, of course, five rounds. Uh, they're actually That's actually next September. So uh, next month, Max Holloway is going to be fighting Calvin Cater, which is going to be the potential to be fight of the year. So I'm going to talk about that later um, in a podcast down the line. But So the main topic at hand... Obviously, the main event, um, the main event matchup between Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic for the heavyweight title in the UFC. Of course, uh, this is the third fight they've had. They both knocked each other out before. Um, DC ended Stipe's long reign as UFC heavyweight champion. I think it was the longest um, reign, longest title streak, um, most title defenses in UFC heavyweight history. Um, he knocked Stipe out uh, within like the first two minutes of the first round when they fought. And then obviously last year, uh, at the end of the year, Stipe knocked out DC uh, in the fourth round. After DC really, a lot of people saw it as a domination, but when I rewatched that fight um, without the commentary, I kind of slowly started to realize it was a little closer than they thought. Uh, it's just that Stipe's face looked jacked up, um, and there was a lot of eye pokes there that was... Something that I, I don't like, um, but I still respect DC. Um, even with the eye pokes, I, I still respect him and still like him as a fighter. But uh, coming into this fight, 
these are two guys that are getting really old. Obviously, I think Stipe is about 36, so he's on the younger end. But when you're a heavyweight and you take as much damage as these guys do, um, you age, you tend to age a lot faster. And DC is, I think, 42 or 41. So he's getting, he's getting old. Um, and coming into this fight, I think both these guys uh, are just going to put it all on the line. Um, they're going to put in their absolute best effort for this fight and probably walk away no matter the outcome for both guys. Um, but there are, that being said, there are options for both guys to continue on through the, the UFC. Um, I know if Stipe is to win, John Jones has talked about moving up and having a super fight. Um, if DC wins, he can fight John Jones. If DC loses, he could fight John Jones. I don't, I just don't think that'll be something the UFC would want to do. Um, I don't see Stipe fighting John Jones if he loses either. I don't see him moving to light heavyweight. Um, but that could that could be something exciting, really. I, that hasn't really been talked about, or I don't know if that's even on Stipe's mind, or if that's something that he would want to do. But so just knowing the history between these guys, they have a, a mutual respect, of course. Uh, Stipe had been out for a long time because he had had to have eye surgery. He had damage in his eye. Um, I'm not sure if it was related to the 50 eye pokes that DC hit him with, but yeah, his face was messed up from those eye pokes, and I really hope they have a a ref really pay attention to that because we want this fight to be as fair as possible and we just want these guys to fight the best of their ability and we got to take all that bs away of course um but so a couple things that that i wanted to note and kind of discuss it's something of course that's been kind of talked about um a lot of people have talked about it like people like me and then big time analysts and actual experts and stuff um, but a, a big thing that, that I think is going to play towards DC's advantage is the fact that they're fighting at the Apex Center and the Octagon is a little smaller. So DC, obviously the shorter fighter, he has, uh, the re the reach disadvantage. He's a wrestler. Um, Stipe's a wrestler too, but he's not the type of wrestler that DC is. And DC is one of the best wrestlers the UFC's ever seen. Of course, um, he's an Olympic wrestler. He's, he's just got great uh triple a um a plus five star um two thumbs up wrestling there's not really much to say about that um and that being said he he really was tearing up he was landing a lot of shots on stipe in the last fight and he was he was able to close the distance a lot um he was getting cocky enough he was hitting he was hand, uh landing shots on decent stipe so much that he was getting cocky and he dropped his hands and that eventually led to his, uh, him getting knocked out, and he was taking those body shots, but the smaller octagon is going to help DC in two ways, uh, he's going to be able to close the distance and land some power shots on Stipe faster, and then he'll also be able to take him down, and we only saw him attempt one takedown, and then also only land one takedown, but it was a big slam, um, it was, it was pretty iconic, he held Stipe in the air for a long time, and then he slammed on the ground, did some damage on the ground, um, and that's just going to play to his advantage. Um, and yeah, that's that. The The smaller octagon is definitely going to help DC for sure. Uh, I don't see it playing to Stipe's advantage at all. But uh, moving on to the, to the next thing I wanted to talk about is weight. So apparently I, I, I've seen a f like a few places uh, around Twitter and then Chael Sonnen did a video about it. Apparently DC... Um, 
is going to either weigh in at 240, around 240, or is 240 right now. So that's actually lower than what he usually comes in at. Um, I believe when I was doing my research, he comes in weighing in around 251 or 252. So if it's true that DC's coming in a little lighter, I think that's going to also play to his advantage because um, you don't want to be too light when you fight in the heavyweight division, of course. Uh, more weight uh, equals more more power but of course it means you get tired faster which DC doesn't really he didn't really get tired on that last fight I don't think um not until those body shots shots started landing but if he does come in lighter he's going to be a little faster he's going to be able to last longer if it does go five rounds um and I just think that's going to play towards his advantage another thing like when you do a big weight cut like a really big weight cut where you starve yourself um and dehydrate yourself your chin is a little weaker sometimes in some cases like we saw um Dustin Poirier's chin was a lot weaker when he fought at 145 uh Joanna Yen chin completely fell apart on her when she fought Rose Namajunas the first time um uh, there's there's numerous occasions where where the chin is weaker um so that being said uh I don't think 10 pounds is um uh, when it's, it's probably mostly going to be water or probably, yeah, it's going to be water. I don't think it's going to be that much fat or even muscle or anything. I don't think that's going to affect DC um, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, as far as a prediction goes for this fight, I just, I'm not sure if I'm too comfortable making a prediction because I watched every single one of these guys' professional MMA fights um, this past week to kind of do a, a little bit of a film study and prepare myself and educate myself. And I'm just not sure who's going to win. I... I'm leaning more towards DC, but as far as how he's going to win, I couldn't tell you. Um, he can do really anything. Um, I think he can he can go toe-to-toe with Stipe. I don't advise that, but I'm not a coach. I'm not a professional MMA fighter. I like to hit my punching bag sometimes and throw kicks, uh, but I'm not a professional. Um, what DC's going to do, what DC wants to do, and same with Stipe. Um, I don't advise that he stands and bangs with him, but he can do that. For some reason, in the UFC games, they like to make DC like Mike Tyson, just a straight, pure boxer. Um, he can do that. I don't advise it. Um, he definitely can take Stipe down. Uh, Stipe's not an easy guy to take down, but, you know, it's a big target. Uh, and, and DC is one of the best, if not the best, wrestler in the UFC. Um, and he can he can do a lot, um, a lot of damage on the ground if he chooses to. Um, he can knock... Stipe out as can Stipe to him so really either guy can win on any given night and just re-watching re-watching their fights I, I've really come to grasp like how underrated Stipe striking is um, a lot of people regard Stipe as the greatest heavyweight of all time whether he wins or loses this fight um, especially if he wins it and I'm not sure where I stand on that uh, but I definitely I definitely have my mind make up, made up by the time this fight is over this weekend is over. Um, it's going to be really exciting to watch, and I'm super excited for it. And I just, I'm not sure if I can make a complete prediction, but I am slightly, in a very, like, minimal, slight, slightness towards DC to win. But whoever wins is definitely going to cement themselves in the UFC, and they're like the greatest fighters of all time, one of the greatest heavyweight fighters of all time, one of the greatest heavy. One of the greatest UFC fighters of all time are just mixed martial artists. They both represent um, being a true martial artist um, in the way that they 
present themselves and the way that they carry themselves. So it's going to be awesome to see this fight. And one thing that I definitely hope doesn't happen is I just hope John Jones shuts his mouth and doesn't involve himself in this afterwards. Because um, I could care less what John Jones thinks. But uh, that's a topic for another discussion and I'm going to move on. Um, coming down the line to the co-main event, uh, Sean O'Malley is fighting Cheeto Vera or Marlon Vera, his nickname is Cheeto, I think, uh, and that's, that's his name on Twitter, but, uh, this is going to be a, the toughest test for Sean O'Malley, uh, of course, he's going from, I want to say he fought, I can't, I'm going to check real quick, I don't remember if he fought in the prelims when he fought Eddie Wineland, but he knocked Eddie Wineland out, of course, and now he's jumping up to the co-main event of the UFC pay-per-view, this is going to be a huge fight, for Sean O'Malley, um, not only, not only just for, um, not only just for, like, UFC rankings, but just for the way that if he does lose, people are going to want to see the way, the way that he loses, and the way that he carries himself if he is to lose, um, Marlon Vera is a veteran, uh, for the UFC, he's been in the UFC since 2014, um, he's fought many times, uh, he's, he's a really tough guy, he's never been finished in the UFC, I don't think, um, I think the only losses he has is by decision, uh, in the UFC, he's never been knocked down, he's a tough guy, but he's also never fought somebody as good as Sean O'Malley, I think, I think that the toughest guy that he's ever fought is probably Song Yidong, and most people don't know who that is, so, and he gets hit a lot, I've noticed, um, I noticed with his fights, he gets hit a lot in the decisions that he wins and loses. He gets hit a lot. So I'm not sure if Sean O'Malley will be able to finish him, but he'll definitely be able to land some shots on him, and he'll just have to conserve his energy and be able to make it the three rounds. Um, and then Marlon Vera, on the other hand, he's a versatile guy. He's got decision wins. He's got knockouts. He's got TKOs. He has a few submission wins. Um he likes to go for takedowns, and he, he lands those takedowns most of the time. So it's going to be interesting to see how Sean O'Malley handles that pressure. Um, see if he can... Because um, when Marlon Vera takes his opponents down, he holds them for a long time. He doesn't get eight or nine takedowns. He gets two or three takedowns a fight. And uh, he does his damage from there, and then he'll submit guys. So we'll have to see if Sean O'Malley can keep the fight standing up. And if he does, I think that he will win. I think he'll win by decision. Um, and he'll just have to be careful to not um, be too afraid of the takedown. Like, if he gets taken down, he he, he still has to keep his hands up. Um, or he might get caught up top and get knocked out or get wobbled or knocked down or something like that. So, Sean O'Malley, I think, is going to win if he keeps the fight standing. I know that's a lazy prediction and that's something that everybody can say. But that's just how I feel like. I think this will be Sean O'Malley's toughest test, and it will definitely set him on the map, win or lose. Um, and he's already starting to become a fan favorite. Um, he's got the fancy hair. I think he has his hair dyed uh, the color of the Ecuador flag right now. So who knows why he did that? I'm, I'm sure there's an explanation out there. But yeah, it's definitely going to set either guy on the map, and I think that they will definitely get a, a higher-ranked opponent um after this fight for sure and the bantamweight division is going to be as exciting as possible uh as exciting really as i remember it for a long time so 
moving on to the last fight I'm going to talk about on this card, it's a heavyweight bout between JDS and Jarzinho Rosenstruck. So, this is going to be a really, really interesting fight for a lot of reasons. Um, JDS got knocked out, uh, I think it was by ground and pound um, by Curtis Blades at the beginning of the year. That was a little rough to watch. And then also JDS got knocked out by um, Francis Ngannou. So, who hasn't been knocked out by Francis Ngannou, really? Um, both of these guys have lost to Francis Ngannou recently. Um so that's going to be interesting to see how they handle each other's power, to see if they come out gun-shy, see if they'll test their chins or not, which I don't recommend at heavyweight at all. Nobody can really take shots at heavyweight. These these are these are tractors. You're getting hit like a truck. Um, you're getting hit by a truck. That's what it feels like, probably. I've never been hit by a heavyweight, but uh, I don't need to to know that it probably hurts a little bit. Um, Rosenstrike has... has he has a lot of power, and he's able to carry the power through the rounds. We saw that when he fought Francis Ngannou. I I think he was losing all 14 minutes of that fight until he knocked, um, or Overeem, Alistair Overeem, my bad. Um, up until that last round, he was destroying Alistair Overeem, and then, or Overeem was destroying him, and he was able to catch him and knock him out, and then bust his lip open, and there's that crazy, crazy still frame of him, of his lip. Um, so... Rosenstrike has power. He has one-shot power. And JDS has been knocked out quite a few times recently. He's been knocked out um, twice in the last two years. Uh, Stipe knocked him out in 2017. Um, Alistair knocked him out a few years ago. So he's been knocked out before. Doesn't mean he's not a man or anything like that. But that being said, in my opinion, JDS is one of the best boxers in the UFC. I'm not going to say he's the best, because we have people like Calvin Cater, Dustin Poirier, uh, Conor McGregor, people like that, Peter Yan. So I'm not going to say he's the best boxer, but he's definitely one of the best boxers, even now. Um, and Rosenstrike has shown the ability to get down on the scorecards and take shots and get hit a lot. Um, but both guys can put the lights out on any given night with any punch in any situation. But I do think Rosenstrike has that power advantage just because he's younger. He's 32 years old. He's not that much younger. Um, JDS is 36. Um, the reach is pretty similar. Uh, Rosenstrike has a slight, like a couple centimeters um, reach advantage. Uh, the weight is similar. The height is the exact same. So it's going to be a really good fight. And I just, I'd, I'm not sure if JDS has enough in the tank to be able to beat a guy like Rosenstrike. So I do think Rosenstrike is going to win. He's probably going to catch him and knock him out, which will be rough to see because, you know, you hate seeing legends get knocked out, but I just think that's the reality here. But so, all that being said, I just wanted to talk a little bit about Tyron Woodley and Colby Covington. So this is a fight that fans have wanted for a really long time. Um, Tyron Woodley is one of the most unpopular champions probably ever, just because of his fighting style and uh, things like that, but also... A lot of people are rooting for him. They rooted for him before. They're rooting for him now because of Colby Covington's shenanigans, of course. And you guys know how I feel about that. Um, I used to not be a Colby Covington fan. I used to not like him at all. I used to root against him all the time. I, you can uh, actually, if you can look at on my Facebook, like when right before he fought Robbie Lawler, I was begging Robbie Lawler to knock Colby Covington out. 
But that was before I knew that Colby Covington's shtick, shtick is just that. It's a shtick. Um, he was about to get cut by the UFC, and he freaked out, and he had to put on a promo and do something to have the UFC keep him. And, um, yeah, we all know how, how that's gone. Um, but this is a fight that people had wanted to see a few years ago, and I think uh, maybe people are a little less interested in just because of Tyron Woodley's last two fights. He's basically lost five. He's lost um, ten straight rounds. Um He's gotten completely dominated in both fights, and he just kind of looks like a deer in headlights. He looks a little scared. I don't know if that's brain damage. I don't know if that's lack of training because of coronavirus right now. I don't know the excuse against Kamaru Usman. Kamaru Usman just gets all—he he deserves all the credit. He completely dominated a guy that that is really scary and that had been beating the crap out of everybody and that we saw completely derail the hype train that was Darren Till. Um, and I just—I'm not sure— I'm not sure, though, if Tyron Woodley has what it takes to beat someone like Colby Covington. I think that no welterweight in the world can beat Colby Covington except for Kamar Usman, which he already did. Um, everybody wants to see that rematch. I want to see that rematch. Colby wants to see the rematch. I'm sure even Usman wants to see that rematch. Um, I just, I'm not too sure if Kamar Usman, or if Tyron Woodley has what it takes to beat Colby Covington, especially this point. Late in, later on in his career, uh, especially because he doesn't seem like he's completely all in on fighting. He's been kind of dinking and dunking on acting, singing, rapping, you know, and I'm happy for him. I hope he sticks with that, and I hope he finds a way to make a living and to provide for himself and his family after, um, even after fighting, because you can only get punched in the face and kicked in the leg and uh, elbowed in the stomach so many times. Um, and on the flip side... Colby Covington, we know Colby Covington's style, uh, he's got unlimited stamina, um, he's a suffocating striker and wrestler, he doesn't really finish people because he doesn't actively go for submissions, um, really, he has a few in the UFC, I think two or three, um, and he doesn't really get knockouts because he doesn't throw that much power, if you're throwing a lot of power shots, you're, you're not gonna be able to last long, unless you're on EPO or something, um, so, that being said, Colby Covington did leave American Top Team, so we're not sure how he's training, if he's been training. He's definitely been training, but we don't know who he's been training with. He he said, I'm not sure if it's part of the act or not, but he said that he has like a close group of guys that he trains with all the time, like an elite team. So hopefully it's true. Um, you know, obviously, I'm a fan of Colby Covington, so I hope that he wins. But uh, I just don't, I just don't see Tyron Woodley being able to withstand the onslaught from Colby Covington at all I think Colby Covington's going to do what he does um and I think Tyron Woodley's going to lose his third straight fight and it's going to be five straight rounds and he's going to have lost 15 straight rounds and I think he's going to, he should retire after this really uh, there's not really anything else that he needs to do um he was one of the best welterweights out there um in his prime he was a great champion um I just don't I just don't see him being able to Colby's onslaught and his pressure. Thank you for tuning in on this episode of Zen Dependently Minded. Make sure you stay tuned so you can listen to more awesome podcasts. Thank you for listening.